Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Leanne Bach with M Realty. Keep your finger on the pulse of Portland's hot real estate market. Call Leanne for unparalleled customer service and the highest level of marketing available. Make sure your position in the marketplace doesn't leave money on the table by visiting leannebach.com or call Leanne direct at 503-349-7890. By Chew Dining Club. Chew gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Just download the app right now and check in at participating establishments. Get the rewards you want, like free pizzas, drinks, extended happy hour deals, and more. Plus exclusive information about fun food events and invites too. Chew. And by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. Portland's original food and drink news and review blog brought to you by the legendary food dude. Now featuring the huge outdoor dining list you'll need to eat, drink, and enjoy the Portland summer sunshine and fresh air. Check it out today at portlandfoodanddrink.com. Uh, start this episode of Right at the Fork. I'm Court Johnson. This is Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. Uh, uh, Court both... Johnson, kink. Uh, yes. Good morning. Thank you. Yep. Come on. We're we're both realizing that we made a horrible, horrible mistake with our guest. Is that we didn't clarify correct pronunciation, which is one of the first rules of journalism well, that I ever used. Well, that's true too. But on the other hand, I've seen him on Chopped a couple of right. times, so, so you should know. Get... Yeah, but it's Han Lee Huang. Yes. I, we were just trying to decide whether you, the G is silent. I, or... I, I, I believe that it is. Yeah, well, it's it's silent? Okay. Yeah, I, I believe that he, that he is. But, okay. the, but Han is with, of course, uh, Kim Jong-Grillin. Right, he took the G off of that. Yeah. So So maybe maybe that's yeah, the point. Kim Jong-Grillin, exactly. Uh, that's our cue. If you have not, have you been, you've... No, I have not. No, He's, you've got some here to try. I've got it sitting right there, and we've had to had to have our conversation with him while I'm smelling. I thought the whole idea was that he you were going to eat it well, while we were talking to him to get the whole yeah. Han Lee Huang experience. But the rule number two of radio and, and broadcasting, after you find out the proper pronunciation of somebody's name, is to don't eat food while you're doing any sort of broadcast well, that's or true. That's true. podcast. So. Uh, but no, I, this was an awesome conversation that we had, and people are going to find this out just like he's got a very interesting story where he comes from, what led him to Portland. Actually, did we even ask him what led him to Portland? No, we didn't get him. It's on our list to yeah. ask him, but we didn't get there, unfortunately. Yeah. When things are interesting, time runs out. We yeah. can't hit it all. Right. Uh, I'd like to do like Bill Maher does where they have the, you know, go to the go to the web and the after the thing. After show. We don't have After that. show. Right. We only have the studio for so long. At any rate, yeah, I really enjoyed it. He's a, I don't need to say it. I think I think the interview speaks for itself. We mm-hmm. don't need to, we don't need to introduce it much at all, other than he's down to earth. He's genuine. He obviously will talk about anything. Right. He's got an interesting background and a great truck. He's a great cook, great chef. So I suggest people get down there. And uh, but as people, as you. As you make that suggestion, Chris, I'm going to recommend people hop on over to PortlandFoodAdventures.com and check out your trips to Europe happening in late summer. I think that's a good suggestion. Yeah. And I view I always view that as a public service announcement mm-hmm. because here we are in this town. You can have lots of experiences. What else is cooler than going to Spain and France with people like Aaron from St. Jack 
and of course my good buddy Jose Chesa mm-hmm. uh, from Atala Chesa and 180s. That's all I have to say about that. They're great trips. We still have some room. We'd love to have you join us. How cool is it to eat with chefs in mm-hmm. the lands where they either came from or the food, the cuisine they're cooking? Very nice. So as you peruse that online, listen to Han and his great story. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, for coming in. Thank you for having me. This is, I was so taken back by the email, to be honest with you. Or really? By the text. Yeah, because this is like a big deal for me. Oh, you're a big deal to us. No, 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 man. You're you're out there. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, when we talk to people about places they recommend, places they they go to when they can, this like your place is like consistently on the list. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're the big deal, man. We're not (laughs) compared to you. More people, way more people. And by the way, that's not what it's all about. But you spend a lot of time doing what you do, putting passion into it, passion into it to have. some great food and a great following. And uh, I can just tell you that cart over it on Division looks great the way awesome. you built that out. Yeah, yeah. That took a lot of money, time, and then I was thinking it was going to help for the winter. And then it didn't because it was the wettest winter in Portland history. <laughs> yeah. And um, There was I, nothing you could do to combat that? No, no, nothing. Nothing at all. There's even, I mean, I even was like, all right, maybe I can just get it wrapped. And then I was like, that's a lot of money. All right. Maybe I can just use a lot of plastic wrap. I mean, I literally was like, I couldn't believe how wet it was this past winter. And I was just thinking, I, I was just so grateful for anybody that came through. <laughs> like anybody that showed us any love, I was like, thank you so much. When I get t-shirts printed, when I can afford them, you'll get one. I swear. You know? Like, so, so. so how do you get through a winter like that um, emotionally and financially, too, in this business? Okay. So a little secret about myself. I used to drink super heavily in the wintertime. And this past winter, because it was so wet, mentally, I quit drinking. I actually stopped. Just mentally. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> Just do it mentally. Yeah, I was like, like in August, I was like, I, I should stop drinking now. And then by October, I was like, all right, for real, I'm not going to drink. And then I didn't drink from like October till Chef's Week, which is February. And then um, monetarily, you just have to stack all your money. From the summer. From the summer. You just have to plan it out accordingly. And this is. Did you know that when you started? No. <laughs> Not at all. Nobody tells you these things. That's why um, it's kind of like it's kind of like money heart hibernation. You're like the the forest animals yeah. gearing up for that winter time. So you got to yeah, like, store you, the fat. Yeah, like you can't be as a food truck. You can't be the top of the food chain. You got to be the squirrel. You got to hide money everywhere, even physically around your house. You know, to be like, sweet, I can get groceries, <laughs> or like, oh, I don't have to call anybody to help me pay with rent. Um, I think I just graduated into paying rent on time. A month ago. So you know, how many so. years have you had the cart now? So or the carts, I should say. The carts. So this will be my uh, two years in August. Okay. But bef- and you're just to the point of, okay, I can yeah. breathe. Um, Are you of, there yet? Are you of. breathing yet? I'm breathing. I'm breathing, and we're definitely alive. It's just I winters get so bad that you will never forget them. Like, you know, like ask any first-year food truck, you know, ask them what their hardest part was. And they're going to tell you, like, oh, the winter, you know, it's it's really brutal. Um, I I think this year was, like, we're I, in my head ahead of schedule because we've had so much, so many great customers come by and so much, like, media love and stuff. And, you know, like, we've, um, you know, like, I feel like I'm ahead of time. You know, I feel like maybe this winter will be different, you know. 
Um, and just looking at numbers, uh, you know, I think it's going to be. And um, I'm, you know, like most trucks after year three or four, maybe they won't feel the winter like they did in their first year. But like it's it's brutal. And so even through a couple of chopped ex- uh, appearances, yeah, those don't those no. don't help get you through a winter. No. One one might think they would. So like I think maybe when in the infancy of Food Network becoming making that change to like the reality show style as opposed to educational is when those chefs really felt the money come through with being in the media. But you have to think like like getting all those shares on Instagram and getting all that love on Facebook and even being on a reality show like you have to think, and it took me a little bit to realize, is like as fast as you can see that episode and as fast as you can like something on Instagram, that's about as much attention as you're going to get right there. And you can't rely on that. Well, you know? but I would I would say that it put you on the map for a lot of people. Abs- like who knew who you were? Absolutely. I'm not saying no one did, but I'm oh, saying yeah, a yeah. lot of people who saw you for the first time there, including myself, I think yeah. I'd... I'd heard of you, but uh, yeah. it puts a face to the, the right. name, and right. and you're watching your cook, your food, and well, thank you. Like I think you're one of the ones that really follows through on interest. You know, whereas a lot of people, they're just like, "Dang, that was an awesome story." Oh my God, is that CSI? You know, and like <laughs> you know, and then maybe it takes. I think what I read a long time ago is like on print ads. You know, it takes like three weeks of advertising before maybe one person comes through. And I just kind of translate that with that. And, like, I did get a ton of exposure. I'm not saying that at all. I did not. However, you know, you get the big – I got the big bump in business, but then it didn't just really translate through the winter. Right. Because, like, in food trucks, like, it's so easy, I think, for people to be like, oh, oh, I don't know. It's raining out. You know, like, every restaurant has to deal with it. Oh, that. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, we're I'm not all a, guilty I'm not a big that. food truck visitor, food cart yeah. visitor in the winter. I just... and, and plus it's not fun. It's not fun to see me in that truck like, hey – no, it's freezing. <laughs> How are you? While you're you shivering, waiting, <laughs> yeah. waiting for exactly. food to eat where? Yeah, in the and car. I don't want to have to give you prompts with what I'm looking at as I'm looking at my tip jar. Like, hey, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I don't want to. Do, you know, nobody wants to see that. Like in the summertime, it's great because you know, like, wearing cut off t-shirts, listening to trap music, you know, like ignoring people because there's so many customers. And I think that's where I've personally been, like, to my crew, just like. No matter how busy it is, make sure everybody feels awesome coming by. You know, like make sure they feel good. Nobody likes to get like I think back in the day it was like kind of charming to have like horrible service in Portland. Where was it charming to do that? I think I think it was like expected. You know, <laughs> like like some people are just like I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I call I've it always charming. hated it. I've always hated it. That's right. always been my biggest point of contention with some service, but like I think it was like expected at one point, like yeah, man, the food was great, but man, that service was garbage. You know? <laughs> like, and then everybody shrugs their shoulders and they're like, yeah. Portland! Yeah, exactly. And they're yeah. just like, oh, well, that's Portland. You yeah. know, like everybody thinks their band's going to make it, so they're going to be a server till they're 50. You know, like. Well, so. what's interesting about a, a food cart is that no one's thinking, hey, there's great service at this yeah. food cart. Let's go. Yeah. On the other hand, you have a great opportunity to be. Oh, right yeah, there with yeah. your customer yeah. and have an experience that you don't get in a restaurant right. most times. Yeah, that's anyway. the thing that I, you know, I just wrote about this was that, um, you know, the, the the it's like it's like the double edged sword. You know, it's like, yeah, like you get to come by the truck, you get to talk to the chef, you get to meet the owner and like they get to serve you all at once. But at the same time, it's also like, 
you get to see the cook, <laughs> the plumber, the electrician, all in one dude. You know, so it's it's kind of, um, I mean, it's it's great in some aspects, but I think you know, like even though like some some cooks like their food doesn't translate to like the service as well. You know, like I think about everything when it comes to that truck. Like when you come by, like there's a lot of things I'm sure seem like it's a negligent thing, but it's simply because I I do think of all of it. You know, even down to the forks, like. People are like, why don't you use biodegradable forks? I'm like, because that'll that'll melt your fork, you know. And then what are you gonna eat with your hands? Like, <laughs> what 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 will melt what will melt a fork? Uh, the beaven box, because a lot of times it's like super hot when it comes out, like the bottom of it, mm-hmm. you know, because we scorch the bottom of it. So we've def- like I use this one product. I think it was like a corn based plastic fork, and people were like. Taking a bite, looking at the fork, throwing away the fork, taking another fork, taking a bite, you know, right. until it worked. And then really it's just me forcing people to use chopsticks, actually. So. And do people, do, do they take to that? To the chopsticks thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, most people do take to the chopsticks thing. And uh, I've purposefully not bought forks for like months and oh, forced people to, to use chopsticks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, little little secret there. So I and I, you know, I think most people are comfortable with chopsticks, but there are some that are kind yeah. of want a fork. Oh, it's no it's matter. it's really cool to see people sweat like. But there's there's like rice here. I'm like I know, I know. So what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your um? What's your favorite part about owning a food cart? And are you giving thought to brick and mortar? Is that something you want to do? So I think my favorite thing about being in a food truck is to sh- is to educate people. Like when people come by, I think like they just want to give you money and then they're like, okay, cool. Wait, where's my food? You know, and like, like the history of food trucks is like, you know, you go, everything's pre-made and then you just grab your stuff and go pretty much. And my favorite thing is to show people like, well, we can also knock out restaurant style food in a food truck, but it's going to take you like five minutes. And I'm sorry, but we're going to have to treat you like give you some a little lesson on patience. It's not McDonald's. It's not McDonald's, you know, and because McDonald's has, usually has a brick and mortar. There's By never the way, been a McDonald's cart. <laughs> five sounds short for a food cart. I've had most of my experiences are quite a bit longer than that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I've. Do you try? Do you try to keep it at five? Is that... I try to keep it at five, five to eight, within reason. Within reason, meaning like if there's a huge line, I tell people, because I'd rather have people just like walk away frustrated then build this gigantic hype of the wait, and then they get the food, and they're like, ah, that was a dud because I had to wait 30 minutes. Well, there's a point at which not much is worth 30 minutes. Well, that's not necessarily the case, but I understand your thinking. Like, you know, like if people came to me, if when people come by the truck and they're just like, I've had shorter wait times at Pigeon, one, I'd call bullshit on it, but two, I'd be like, well, I'm sorry. I told you it was going to be like 30 minutes, you know? So um, normally, like, because you're in a food truck, Sometimes when you do the math on like getting like what like what your break even point is on money or whatever else is is seeing how many boxes you can push out in an hour or how many portions or pieces of whatever to push out in an hour. You know, if you have like uh, if you have a phenomenal food in a food truck, but you're only pushing out two units an hour. I mean, (laughs) you know, like. Get a brick and mortar, dude. So do you you do you base your menu around that too? What you can make pretty quickly and and. Get out? I, th- I think I do. I, I I didn't at first. At first, it was, uh, you know, at first I didn't have the Beaven box on there. I didn't have a hot dog on there. Um, 
But now, yeah, now, like, especially when I think of specials, because I can't be at the truck 24-7 as much as I want to, um, yeah, now it's, I definitely kind of take that into account with specials and stuff. Because people are always like, oh, why don't you make the soup, or why don't you make this? And I have to remind them very quickly, like, well, why don't you buy me a huge walk-in refrigerator, and we can have specials all day. You know, that's not a problem. You want to buy some more bags of ice for me? Sure, all this, you know? sure. the, woodsman, the woodsman wouldn't mind renting your little space over there across the street. This is true. And Andrew and I are pretty tight, and I'm pretty tight with Dwayne. I haven't really got, I, I'm so stubborn in that aspect, you know, because I feel like I've gotten, like, when, with my first truck, it burned down, you know, and I felt like. And by the way, yeah. completely burned down. It was gone. Yeah, right. the roof cracked. Like right. it went through the plastic, the FRP, then it charcoaled the wood, and then it split the roof. But and rumor the, has it that somebody's the, seen it somewhere. Oh, and yeah. there's no video. No, there's no video. So how did that happen? Just uh, I, you I don't know. Don't know. I don't no, know. That's why you'd like to see it. Oh, somebody told me that somebody like I gave it to a contractor in lieu of payment for my brick and mortar, and then. That was the last I heard of it. And then one of my customers came by. I was like, yeah, actually, I know that dude's son, and he has it on his property, and he can't wait for it to, like, get picked up and moved. And I was like, well, where's the property? Because that guy definitely didn't build me a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, so did you, did you, you when you grew up, mm -hmm. you weren't thinking, I want to own a food cart or food truck. You're calling it a truck. I keep calling it a cart. Oh, right? yeah. You go back. Well, we got, and, I got in one Austin, of these, they so. call them trailers. So I had to get yeah. used to that down there, too. So what did you want to do when you were growing up? Did you, is, is cooking something that was in your blood? Was um, your mom? What, man, what no, was your, what was no. your family situation growing up? Um, I, my, my father passed away when I was 12, and my mom, pretty much raised me in the most formative years in the teenage years. I think, honestly, um, no, I did not want to be a cook. And I, I became, I started cooking because it was one of the easier jobs that you can get. Like, it, it didn't take much for me to get a job cooking. They're just like, you don't mind burning yourself? You're going to get paid six hours an hour. I'm like, that, that's sweet. I just need you to sign off and call my parole officer and tell him I got a job, you know, and we're, we're going to be, that'll be fine. And, and so you had a parole officer when you got that job? <laughs> yeah. What was what what did you need the parole officer for? <laughs> I um I was uh I you know like I, I lost my father when I was twelve and um you know I I think I just was searching for that big hug and it's gonna be okay and I never really got it. So like, you know, I like my life kinda went down a different you know, it changed my life, you know, and uh I became really insubordinate, really didn't want to go to school, no one could tell me what to do. You know, like it just it's just being an angsty teenager, but multiplied, and I got in trouble a lot. I got in trouble a bunch, and plus, I like to, I loved to smoke weed back then, like a, a lot, and well, no, I just like to get straight fucked up a lot. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and just put it out there, you know. Like, All right, so I had to search for that hug one way or another, right. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. And when did you realize that wasn't how you're going to get the hug? Because obviously, it looks like you have now. You're introspective about it. I realized that when. I got in a fist fight with a police officer at my high school. Oh, that's yeah. not a good one. No, it wasn't. He actually sucker punched me. And then, like, I was wearing a Walkman during school. It was a, there's a lot of stuff that goes behind it. But pretty much the black and white is I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do in high school or during high school hour or during school hours. I got sucker punched. I had an altercation. I spent three months in jail. 
which was like the worst. Cause and where was this? This is in Fairfax, Virginia. Oh. Yeah, it's still a Commonwealth state. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you get, you get found with like a gram of weed. I think there were people still doing like 25 years for that. And uh, so I got, um, you know, I, I went to jail. I had a lot of pending charges. I was already on probation at the time. Oh, no, let me rephrase that. I was off probation for about six months, and then I got put right back on with the same probation officer, and that was super embarrassing um, because... After the sucker punch. It's yeah. not so, how'd that meeting go? Well, with my probation officer? Yeah, yeah when you had oh to explain that sucker punch. This or, was when, so well, you got funny. sucker punch. I got sucker punch. The altercation, anyway. Okay, like, let's just... I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. Like, when you get into an altercation with a police officer... You know, like, the people on the other side, like, the people from the outside looking in, they're like, oh, my God, that sucks. You know, you must have done something horrible to get hit by a cop. When you talk to, like, your parole officer and stuff, they're like, dude, you had long hair, wearing a tie-dye, super fucked up. Did you think you weren't going to get hit by a cop? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, like, it's a different take. So when I saw my probation officer again, that was great because I was actually sitting in jail. I didn't have any legal counsel yet. I'm like, you got to visit her. And when you're a juvenile... To get a visitor that's not your mom it's like all right it's either an ambulance chasing type of law officer or like lawyer or it's like someone like a parole officer or a counselor or something and when i saw him again even before he could say hi or even look me in the eye he was just like looking at my paperwork just like man you got to be the dumbest motherfucker i've met ever he's like and you're not white you're korean you know better because <laughs> he was half korean and i was like i don't know. He's like, dude, they're just going to put you in jail forever. Like, you're going to go for, like, yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're gone. Like, this is like your third offense. This is the second felony. You've already been certified as an adult at 16. And um, he was like, what do you got to say for yourself? <laughs> oh, so once you yeah. go, once you go to trial as an adult, that's it. You're it's kind certified? of it. Yeah, because you're, well, you get, you, get certi- adult? you get certified as an adult before you're 18. You know, that's. That you, done you can't go that. back. Can't go back because like what they were charging me with wasn't resisting arrest. I mean, it was assault and battery on a police officer because I swung back. It's not a fair system. And um, I remember like talking to people I was locked up with. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And they're like, man, I mean, why don't you just tell me you're a crackhead? Like, just go for it. Fuck it, you know. And I told them I was like, dude, I've, I'm uh, yeah, I was like, I you know, I'm a crackhead, you know. Like, can we, can we, is there another option? And he's like, I know you're not fucking stupid. You know, he's like, we're going to go that route. But if you don't get it, you can't cry about it. Like, you're going to go to jail. Wow, that's a, that's rolling the dice. Yeah, so, but he, you know, like, he was awesome in the fact that he was like, you know, like, they're going to do what I say. You got to prove to me that you don't want to go to jail. Like, you can try to be, keep it real and go hard and we can have this argument, but you should, um, you really think about what you're going to tell me next and. You know, I pleaded my case, and I flew straight ever since, really. You wow, know, and how old are you now? I'm 36, so that was Cool, that's half ago. your life ago, half over life. half your life ago. Yeah, I'm a different person-ish now. Well, I, I would say you're quite, yeah. <laughs> based on the, yeah. the little interaction we've had, and even yeah. just now, yeah. that's I mean, hugely like, different. I don't think there's any piece of, yeah, bit of you left like that. So it's funny, I like, recently quit smoking, and somebody was like, why? This is my second go at quitting smoking. And they're like, why? And I was like, you know, like, I'm, I'm going, I have a daughter, and I have to stay alive a lot longer than I thought I was going to. <laughs> You know, well, what was your initial goal? <laughs> and the thing is, well, all right. So this is, that's what's really funny is like, I, I don't know why, you know, and when I said it, I was like, why did I say that? 
course, I'm going to live forever, you know. But then I stopped and thought about it. I was like, be- oh, that's right, because at one point in time, if I made it to 21, that would have been an amazing feat. And then after I turned 21, I was like, oh, my God, I can drink in bars. Awesome, you know. And then at one point, I was like, if I made it to 35, I better think of something to do with myself. <laughs> so now I'm 36, and I was like, oh, oh well, yeah, I guess, man, I, I didn't think I'd make it to here, but at the same time, I didn't think I would be where I'm at now. You know, like, I, I, I wake up every morning, I, honestly, like, and I laugh. I, re- I literally do. I just laugh. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, my, I can't believe I'm back at doing a food truck again. I can't believe I'm my own business owner i can't believe i have a beautiful family and it just makes me laugh and what did you what did you think in that context when you were on national tv man you know what's really funny i'm glad you asked me that because when i went on tv um i remember thinking like (laughs) i remember thinking like i can't believe food network just paid me for a flight for me to go to new york to hang out with my buddies and then when it all went down i was like, like you know like nong because, uh, you know, I was on the same episode with Nong. And I just got broken off uh, from one of uh, Scott Conan, you know. And because um, I, I, I haven't seen the episode, but I heard, like, he, like, like it Why seemed like. Why haven't you seen the episode? I have enough hang-ups, man. I have enough hang-ups <laughs> as this, dude. What's the hang-up to I mean, keep like, you from just, seeing it? Well, just, like, I, I have this will thing, you like. To, will you listen to this? I think maybe certain parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> you want us to send you the, send you the clip note, the no, cliff notes just, so you I, know? You know, like. Some people have that thing where, like, they hear themselves on TV or they hear themselves on, on a recording and they're just oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know that. Right. So, for me, being on TV, it's like persona. I'm like, damn, no one told me I was that fat. What the fuck? You know, or like, what the <laughs> hell, dude? I have enough <laughs> hang ups, man. I, like, I have done the same thing. And it's like, then yeah. the, the obvious answer is, I guess I should have told myself. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere along yeah, the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> but what's funny is, like, you know, like, when the cameras weren't rolling, you know, like, he, um, <laughs> Scott Conan, you know, was like, you know, I wasn't joking. He was like, he was like, I don't even know you. He was like, I don't have to tell you your food's good. Like, people already know I'm a dick. And I was like, dang, dude, thanks. And that really went a long way, obviously, because I w- had no intentions of opening my truck again after that episode. I thought, like, seriously, going on chops, I was like, dude, this is great. They paid me. They paid for my flight. I've got to see buddies that live in New York. You know, I'll just keep hucking these groceries. You know, and then after that, and Nong being like, dude, I always thought you were awesome. I was like, holy shit. Okay, let's get this together. And and miraculously, when I came back from that episode, I found the money. Um, Bo Kwan was like, you're going to come back? I got the truck for you. Um, and he's like, and you have all my resources. Like, wow. Yeah, he's like, you want to get that truck wrapped? I got were you, you. Were you were you friends before that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We were like, yeah, total homies. I mean, like, that guy... In the food truck world, honestly, like, and I mean, I, I haven't seen him in months, face to face. Maybe we'll text, text back and forth, but like, honestly, like, he's he's done like so much for me, and like, really, like, like watching his career blow up because we started at the same time. You know, I never wanted what he had, but he was just like, "Hey, dude, come on, come with me." You know, like, let's do this. Let's make Korean food really popular, and like, you know, in. Now, like looking at it, looking back, like that's exactly he was right. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this, Bo. Let's make Korean food popular. You know, like his food's neither Mexican nor Korean. It's his own thing. It's it's amazing that it's that. You know, and it, you know, he's like, who's the next one to step up to get real Korean barbecue out there? You know, he's like, it's you, Han. You know, and you know that's what like. Do you we, think you would have done it had he not 
encouraged you? I don't think I could have done it without him, without him, like, giving me that truck and being like, they pay me whenever. You know, like, he literally was just like, just pay me whenever. Like, we don't have to sign any contract. Just make whatever you can make on a monthly payment, you know. And, and how long How long ago was that? That two was, couple, that was two, a year three? and a half ago. Wow. About two years ago. So, like, he, um, like, really, you know, like I said, like, you know, watching him build that empire, this Koi Fusion, you know, it was just like, I can't believe so many people liked Korean food, you know? And now it's like, sweet, man. Like, once you think I... it's the food with, with Koi Fusion? And um, necessarily. Right. But I mean, Koi Fusion has a very interesting vibe that, you know, most carts, he's mm. been in pods before, but oh, yeah. for me, he's moving around. It's a different thing. I see him on the highway when I'm driving <laughs> by. Yeah. Uh, he's been, I don't even know Bo. Yeah. I don't know anybody at Koi Fusion. Mm-hmm. I wish I did. Maybe I will after this. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but social media wise, he's always there. Yeah, liking a, my stuff and being yeah. nice and even sharing. I think yeah. some things. So yeah, he's a cool guy. I mean, like Bo's a very down to earth person, and like I don't like I. The question I get a lot is that like, oh, like do you ever look at Koi Fusion like competition? And I've always said the same thing, like. Dude, are you no? Like, do you not know? Like, he gave me this truck. Like, you know, like to him, it's a community thing. It's a community-driven thing. And even though he's very popular, I'm sure people have their assumptions of like, well, he's successful. He doesn't have to give back. No, he gives back all the time. You know, he just never really outwardly like he might like Instagram the new car he bought. He'll never Instagram like I buried this fool. You know, he would never outwardly. You know, you don't see that a lot here. I don't think. Yeah, you don't really see that. Do you see it? Have you experienced that here? No, I've definitely no, I've definitely experienced a lot of people like trying to like make this thing like, oh well, you did this, and then I'm gonna try to be as popular as that, or like you know like maybe it translates a little differently, but like I I don't like I'm so much more like Pips Donuts, where like community not competition was like one of the most brilliant hashtags out there, and the fact that it's like gaining all this steam, like because. In all reality, like, the restaurant industry in Portland is, and I've always thought this, is that, like, we're all sharing the same $20 bill, you know? Like, why would I go against that? Why would I miss an opportunity to have you help me or me help you? Because everybody, like, seriously, it's, like, the same $20 bill. Like, if I came up one week, somebody else didn't, I'm going to go there, you know? And, And only up until recently, I think, like, a lot of money has come into this restaurant to the industry in Portland you know otherwise like you have all these mom and pop shops and just because they have a couple more restaurants you know like that's that's a successful thing but it doesn't mean that like they're rolling in money no I I think that's that's understood that there Mm -hmm. aren't many you can't say nobody is but there aren't many rolling in money and now we've got minimum wage and mm-hmm. and tipping as as an issue going forward and yeah. now just when some people are starting to get traction yeah now we got to figure this this yeah. out especially at the i think the, the, go ahead yeah well I, I was gonna say like i think i don't think tipping will ever go away personally you know like how else like one table of customers can't go around to every person at a restaurant and be like thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you. You know, like sometimes some people can only well, feel the gratitude. Do, it's to go done out. in Europe, and it's not uncomfortable as a customer. They're just the prices are just a little different. I but don't Europe, understand why that can't work here. Europe has had so much more time to set that up. 
you know like there's i mean there's institutions there that like are so old you know like here in america like we just crush restaurants and rebuild them i mean like i don't know what the average life expectancy is but like far be it from like somebody passing down their restaurant to their kids anymore i don't hear that that much anymore you know so like i think i think like the no tipping thing i don't i don't know if it's ever going to go away but like me personally at the trucks like we 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 our goal is to pay everybody 15 an hour before 2017 you know i mean and there's tipping at the tr- yeah of course yeah, and, there's and how t- does that work do you yeah. price accordingly so that there's so that there's oh so there's people rounding up you know do you did you ever know charles thomas at eurotrash no god he was he was the consummate <laughs> food cart showman you know yeah. selling he there were a lot of people there. He used to stand outside mm-hmm. and get people in, and oh, really? yeah. and he used to. We I used to sit there with him, and he would, he would do the math and say, "Watch this. They're going to leave X amount of tip right, right. now." Right. And so, is that something you're conscious no. of? No. I, um, no. As a matter of fact, whenever I work a full day at the truck, like um, whoever's working with me, whatever whoever my employee is, like they keep 100% of tips. I never really account for tipping. Um, and when it comes to like paying hourly like a higher wage because we do pay pretty high like right out of the guy right out of the gate is because like me personally being a cook i mean like i've cooked for so long now like when i started cooking minimum wage was at 625 or 650. far like when i 250 when i yeah well like but i mean it never made sense to me like how much garbage that like we would get we would have all the problems, you know, in the back of the house, and then the front of the house would just walk away like two, three hundred a night. You know, the other way that that was offset where I grew up was that everybody worked on one hundred percent tips. Like they only got paid two seventy five an hour just to cover their taxes. Right. So like here, it's like you have the best of both worlds, and it's like, oh my god! Like when I started getting tipped out in the kitchen, I was like, are you are you serious? Like really, I get tips too. Like that was amazing, you know. And so I I try to treat my cooks really well. So does that help you get better cooks or just is that a philosophy that you have because if you were in their position you'd want to be paid fairly? Uh, is is that it's, it's a little bit of both, but yeah, we have we have like stellar stellar cooks. I mean like one of my guys was the uh, sous chef at Renata at one point. What's his name? Uh Tony. Tony. Tony okay. Redman, yeah. Cool. Awesome dude. Um used to be a customer. He would just come by like every Sunday cuz he was super hungover at like 1 o'clock. <laughs> And then I was that's like, a great way to get employees. Yeah, I was sure. like, I was Paul, like, is that how yeah. you got your job at the uh, well, morning? I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't hungover, but I just kept showing up, and finally they were like, "All right, let him turn on the mic." <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> four, well, half, you know what? Half the battle is showing up, it's especially, very, especially especially at three, three in the morning. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's very ambitious yep. to do that at three. Mm-hmm. In. Actually, I have two cooks that were regular customers that became employees. Were they cooks before that? Yeah, yeah. For oh, sure. Okay, good for sure. Like one of them were uh, one of my guys who's actually gonna open his own food truck soon, which I'm super excited about because he's gonna do Korean What's fried that? chicken. Give him a shout out. Uh, his name's Sun Kim, mm-hmm. and he's gonna open up FOMO Chicken, and it's uh, Korean fried chicken. Hmm. Oh, nice. When's yeah. that opening, and where? Um, I don't know where. We're gonna do our first, he's gonna do his first uh, pop-up to the public on June 26th at Kim Jong Grill and Division. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can't even get a bean box on June 26th. It's just Korean fried chicken. So, I'm pretty, nice. I'm and have, you te- have you te- have you tested it with him? Oh yeah, it's cool. Good. It's awesome. I mean, like it's it's really good. 
So who are your uh, your good pals in Portland? Who's supporting you? Who do you love? Where do you like to go eat most? I know Maya's a, a big fan of yours, Maya Lovelace. Oh, I'm a Meg. huge fan of Maya's, and I think we might be doing it. Yeah, we will be doing a dinner together. We're just trying to lock down the date, um, hopefully in uh, sometime in July is what I'm aiming for. Because I've always thought like that Southern Appalachian soul food and Korean food merged together is just amazing. Like, really, really, really great ha- things happen when that happens. And we've been wanting to do this for a while, too. We were, I talked mm-hmm. about that with you, as a matter yeah. of fact, at one point. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, she actually just saw her the other day. Um, and I think when it comes to like her dinners, you know, like, I think she slays it because everybody remembers. Yeah. Nobody's like, and no, like, normally, like, when pop ups happen and stuff like that, people are like, yeah, man, I had to pay like, and then they're like, "Oh, but the food was amazing." No one ever says anything about that with me, with the May, with the May pop-ups, with no. Maya's pop-ups. Everybody's just like, "Dude, that was amazing." I know you gotta go. You gotta go. And well, then, when am I gonna get a punch card? You know, yeah. like that's pretty cool. I love what, I like what, um, dude. You know what, man? Like, the Smokehouse Tavern brunch. I know, like BJ and I are like really good friends, but seriously, if I didn't even know him, I would go to that brunch. Like, there's never a line, and it's like. That won't be for long, probably. Probably won't be for long. But, I mean, but, like, it's really good. Like, smoked everything for breakfast. Yeah, sign me up. I mean, like, it's super awesome. I think one of my favorite things to get there is that, (laughs) oddly enough, is that burrito. It's got, like, brisket, French fries, super dirty, like, chili on top of it. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Um, Who else? Like, I I think right now we're, like, I, I mean... I don't think I could. I think it'd be harder for me to name a bad place that I don't like. You know, like there's so many great places in Portland now. I mean, it's like. Well, I yeah. I, I usually disclaim this when I ask someone mm-hmm. on your behalf to mm-hmm. say you can't possibly name all the yeah. people that you like that has been good to you and yeah, uh, it's hard. Just yeah, it's hard. Me. Like, um, I I had I had some guests in town from Korea, and um, we went to departure. We, mm-hmm. You know, and. Because Gregory's Gregory, man. Like, he just sent out all this stuff. And I was like, 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 you know, like, when he went, when he took his trip to Korea, he was actually in, um, uh, he's, I, he, like, one of my, my friends, like, showed him around, you know? So, you know, he sent out everything. And I was like, dude, why aren't any of these things on the menu? Like, please tell me, like, at least 75% of the stuff is on the menu. And, like, his stuff is always just blown, like, blows me away. Like, he actually, when my mom was in town, we went there. And she was like, are you kidding me? Like, does everybody know about bibimbap? Like, because this guy makes, like, some of the most authentic bibimbap I've had. And I was like, no, Mom, it's just Gregory. He's, he's, he can do everything. I was like, he's, he's Haitian, but, like, he's kind of Korean and, like, a little Japanese, too. Like, don't just, you know. Like. <laughs> so talk a little bit about Korea and how you learned to cook that food. Um, so I grew up eating Korean food, obviously, and at a really young age. Because my mom and dad had a business together, you know, like I got left home alone a lot, so I just cooked what I had on hand. Now, and what at what age were you cooking for yourself? Probably around. I think I made my first pot of rice when I was like six. And when yeah. did you cook for yourself, man? It was a bowl of cereal and Celeste frozen pizza. For I believe, me. No, it was, not it was at six like either. SpaghettiOs. Yeah. Yeah. Had to get that metal thing to open up. And, I don't yeah. even remember at six. My mom, my mom hated like processed foods. Yeah. My mom like like going to McDonald's. You know, like now, nah, like my first memory of like cereal in a bowl with milk 
I was 12. Oh. And I was at my friend's house getting super stoned. Yeah, like, which was amazing. Never been able to capture that one again. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, like growing up, like the thing about Korean food is like, you know, like whatever Korean food you've been exposed to for the first time, you know, that's what you're going to be chasing. You know, like I've had spaghetti, like the first time I had spaghetti, and then that that changes like what I think the best is. But my mom's Korean food is always going to be the best. And like that's that's kind of been my philosophy of like how to cook and like how to cook, period. You know, like chase that memory. You know, like you want to implant that in people's heads and you want people to come back and get, you know, and get it. Um, but the thing about being in a food truck is that like, you know, all my friends that are in restaurants and stuff and then have walk-ins, like they can add more ingredients to a plate to make it like amazing. Whereas like for me, I have to, I pull away ingredients and try to do these different cheats to make it to where it needs to go. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't buy quality ingredients or anything like that. It's just for space, for space reasons, you know, like I have to do a lot. Like we do 250 pounds of kimchi a week. That takes a lot of timing and like everybody doing their part to get that to where it needs to go. So, wow. So, if someone wanted to um, explore Korea and Portland, mm-hmm. other than your trucks, yeah, where would you tell them to go? Um, I would tell them, okay, well, I would go to DJK for um, this one particular soup and this one particular pork dish. It's like a steamed pork. Dish and you make like little lettuce wraps out of it, and they make a really good gamjatang, which is like literally translates to um, potato stew, but it's like a pork neck potato stew. Really amazing. Um, I've haven't been there, but um, I've heard from a lot of good authority that Nagwan is amazing. Like he's the whole place is dedicated to his mom. Um, and then new new soul, I think it's a new soul guy or Spring Market. There's like this little Korean grocery store at G Mart, not H Mart, G Mart. And you go upstairs and there's like a little Korean restaurant up there. And that place was really good for um that was that like that was really good for this um this like fried octopus dish called Ojinga uh Ojinga Pokum. And then I have a new spot that's just killer and I I'm almost hesitant to like plug it, but like it's they just do bar food. And it's off of Southwest Murray. And if you, all right, I'm not gonna say the name, but it's off of Southwest Murray. If you Google it and like do your homework, you'll find it. And it opens up at seven at night until 1.30 in the morning. And it's all Korean bar food. And why are you hesitant to? I just mention? don't want it to like. You don't want to ruin it? I don't want to get, I don't right, want to so ruin it. make it a little more difficult, okay. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it, man. It's so good. And I've, I like, I think They've opened in October. I've been there like five or six times. I mean, it's the crazy. Southwest Murray, though. This is like this is yeah. Be- the Beaverton. And yeah. It, but right, it doesn't okay. open until what time? Seven at night. Seven at night. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'll have to take, do some late nights back to the coast and uh, stop yeah. there yeah. on the way. I'll oh, meet you yeah. There. It's awesome. Yeah. Or is Definitely. it? It's, it's in Murray Crossing. It's at the Murray Crossing. All right. We're going to get there. We'll still, now, I don't think it's that important to pull it out of you. Yeah, I just yeah. appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate your sharing great places because yeah. I can't think there'd be anybody else. So just tell us, we're pretty, we're mm-hmm. getting there. Um, where to find you? Where you? Where so you? we're at 46 and Southeast Division. Um, we're not in a pod. We're on our own. Right, right and across from Woodsman Tavern. Right so across just, from Woodsman Tavern. And then I have another location on 26 and Northeast Alberta, right next to the Waffle Window in that parking lot. Um, yeah, we're open seven doing? days. How's that, that doing? Pretty good. 
And so how do people find you on the Twitter and the and Just, all? We're on uh, Instagram as Kim John Grillin. Um, you can find us on Facebook as Kim John Grillin. We have a website. There's no G there. That just stops at the end. Yeah, just just the N at the end. Um, and then we have uh, actually like since we got new shirts and stuff, we're about to be, we're about to have an Instagram giveaway. So thanks for the shirts. Oh, you're welcome. you're welcome. Totally appreciate it. So, um, anything else, Court? You had that uh, you wanted to ask. And we can cut this. No, no, yeah. no, no, I didn't. no. I was, I was going to say those, the T-shirt is awesome, which is proof to the what you mentioned earlier. The things are starting to get in place. You were yeah. able to get those T-shirts made up. Yeah, yeah. Like I've always wanted my own swag, and like he, Court was mentioning, like, man, this is like a quality shirt. And I'm like, I know, because I've always wanted my own shirt, and I finally got it. <laughs> well, see, for, for me, so. for me, that goes into this the importance of it's it's it's. The overall product, not just just the food that people would be getting, but just the overall product. Yeah. The, the experience that they're having. You talked about that, and then down to down to the quality of the t-shirt. I mean, I I pointed that right Thank away. That's like this. Yeah. That's a t-shirt that I will well wear you know, like, tomorrow. So the thing that I really want to like break off from this too is like when you're in a food truck, man, you got to go 120 percent. Yeah. You know, well, seven like, days, man. You don't yeah. get to take a break. I was I was about to mention that. Yeah. Seven days. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, of, it's a lot. And, and I have a great to, team. Do you get to get out of town at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I still get two days off. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. It's great. What um, about a week? Like, do you get a week where you get to travel? and? Uh, yeah, I have to buy that week. Yeah. Yeah, I have to pay top dollar for that week and like, get people into <laughs> overtime. But so yeah. Where would you pay top dollar to go? Where would you want to go right now if you could? Oh, Maui. Okay. Yeah, go to Hawaii. Go to Maui. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. Actually, I'll, I'm, I'll go over with you. I've never been to Hawaii. Never. Really? Yeah. Really? You, you live on the coast. Wow. I think it's um, not like I can jump in a boat and, and paddle over. You know what? Like, I have a friend in Maui who runs the mill house. His name's Jeff Shear. He is amazing. Amazing food. Like, you'll be said amazing away. three times. We have to end ah, the podcast now. Sorry. I didn't call ah. you on the first one because <laughs> no, you were, you you were into it. something. It. Okay. It's all right. All uh, you know what? Great. We have to end it anyway. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, perfect. So perfect. Um, thanks so much for coming, Han. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. Short notice too. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at RightAtTheFork.com. <laughs>